Hey, yo, what up, everybody? It's your man, DJ Dorsey. And this is Maya Dorsey. And this is the Dorsey Den Podcast. Come on in, sit your butts down on the couch, and let's have some dialogue. So, I just asked you before we jumped on air, if you've seen anything with The Breakfast Club today, um, it was it was pretty deep. And th- 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 Michelle Williams was on there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she was talking about her... Depression. Yeah, depression. And, you know, she just got a new guy and they're about to get married and stuff. But I think what's interesting is, um, and for those who might not know who we're talking about, Michelle Williams of Destiny's Child. Yes. But um, <clears throat> she 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 went through a mental breakdown, depression, where she actually checked herself in to a, um, like a, I guess. Mental a, hospital? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. No. See, and that's the thing. I don't really know too much about those. Like she said today, like, uh, you can actually check yourself in. Mm-hmm. I don't. I yeah. Never, I never knew that. Like, yeah. I don't know anything about a mental hospital. Mm-hmm. But um, I brought that up to say I really appreciate this dialogue that's around mental uh, stability and mental health. Yeah, mental health. <clears throat> and actually, I bought Charlemagne's new book, um, Charlemagne the God. I bought his new book, um, Shook Ones, mm-hmm. and it's dealing with anxiety. Mm-hmm. And that's something that he's been dealing with, and he's been going to therapy. So, you know, I, I appreciate the how that's being brought to the forefront because it's something yes, I never... Yes, it needs to be talked about, be more socially acceptable to talk about. And I think more people are becoming more open to talk about mental health. Mm-hmm. It was never really a thought in my mind. Like, you know, but now that I'm hearing it, I'm like, you know what? This is kind of important. Yeah, I mean, it's always been very taboo, too, to talk about. Like, we joke around in our culture and we'll say people are crazy or you have someone that acts erratically in your family and you'll, you know, oh, that's that's crazy. Crazy Uncle John, he'll be all right. But really, Crazy Uncle John really may be struggling with some stuff, you know, PTSD, you know, um, anxiety, all kinds of different things that we just dismiss, especially in the black community, because we're not really big on seeing a therapist or bringing other people into our home and our lives. So I think it's really good that it's becoming more mainstream in um, social media and just socially in general to be more accepted. So kudos to her. Yeah, kudos to her. Kudos to Charlemagne the God. Somebody I really look up to. I really like him. Um... He, he's somebody that's very open and very uh, blunt, very blunt. Yes. And, and you know what? You, you can't really knock that. Yeah. Either you're going to like him or you're not. I yeah. mean, it's not it's not something for everyone, but I respect someone telling me exactly how they feel yeah. and getting it out there versus, you know, he had skirting around things. I, I just seen an interview today. Um, uh, Chrissy sent me a text like, yo, um, have you seen have you seen um this interview with I forgot the guy's name. He's a senator running for or gov- I think he's running for senator of New Jersey mm-hmm. or maybe governor. I'm not exactly sure. I don't There's remember. a lot of seats open right now, I don't know. But it was funny because Charlemagne was on him like a, a, a pit bull and would not let up off of him, asking him certain questions that really had nothing to do with his campaign, yeah. but it had everything to do with his campaign. Yeah. And the guy was trying to skate out the questions, and Charlemagne would not let him off of it. It was funny, though. Yeah. So it was something I watched today. But, um, you know, the reason why I brought up the conversation even with uh, Michelle Williams and Charlemagne and the mental health is because it's something that I'm learning that even having conversations, and I think this is one of the reasons why we do the podcast, 
for me, I've been experiencing people just coming up to me, talking to me, and just letting steam off their chest. That's been happening. Hmm. That I, I don't think I told you that. It's, you haven't. It's, it's been happening a little bit where people just coming up to me and talking to me about like stuff. What? Well, you know, just stuff. Like, like things going on in their lives. Yeah, trauma. Th- oh yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I know one specific case was just. Uh, uh, I mean, you don't have to give a name or anything. No, no, I'm not gonna give any names, but just being single. Mm-hmm. Um, being single in this day and age, and I'm like, I'm really trying to understand it. We've been married for 14 years, but and I, I don't know if the the climate because of social media or you know the internet dating. I don't know what has changed or it's just because of social media we hear in the conversation but it seems like being single today is a struggle oh yeah i mean what's the ratio men to women i mean i don't know but it's it's out there and then just the style of dating has changed too you know what i mean like everything is so socially driven um you know netflix and chill everything's so very loose and very casual so you know i think i think in the way that we Got together and you know became, you know, going through the courting of girlfriend boyfriend and then being engaged. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. We I, I just think it was more of an old school method of mm-hmm. I took you out to dinner. Um, we we dated a few times and then you know it was a conversation revolving around like okay what do we classify ourselves right. And I don't think it seems like in many and I don't know, maybe it's a circle of people that I'm listening to uh, or that I'm hearing. But it's it's like that doesn't exist anymore. Well, you know, we were watching what's it called? Um, Tommy. Oh, nephew Tommy's show. Yes. Um, I, I don't know the name. Um, find love. Love, find, love is not not love is. That's find the show. love or real love. or Yeah. I can, I'm sorry. I, it escaped my mind. I yeah, apologize. I but um, that show is very interesting. The concept that they had um, starting out with 20 people and then how they scaled it down. The problem that I have with reality TV dating shows is I'm not really big on women necessarily looking like they're chasing a man or they have to fight over a man. That's something that gets under my skin because, you know, I I still believe in the philosophy that um, a woman should be chased and she should be the one that's being pursued I agree. versus a um, woman pursuing the man. I, I mean, call me old school, but if, you know... I just don't like that. So now we didn't got caddy about, oh, what what who's she doing? Oh, I want to be with him. You know, it, it's just I think it sends the wrong messages to I tell you our what, young ladies too. I, I just hate sh- I hate all those shows like that. I mean, I really do. Where the woman the wrong is message to me because so? the, the, I, I'm gonna be 100 percent funky or to a single man. I mean, yeah, I can well, see how I'm that a married can, man. Yeah, and I'm confused by the woman of today. Okay. I'm very confused. Like now, you know, and I said this to you a while ago, and I don't know if it's even remotely related to that, but which is the um, the uh, Me Too movement mm-hmm. and the feminism movement and stuff like that, where you see a lot of people, a lot of women wanting to be, you know, treated as an equal mm-hmm. or, you know. Um, and I'm, I'm all for feminism. And I'm all for feminism. Mm-hmm. I, I know. You know, I think women make some of the greatest leaders, mm-hmm. to be quite honest. You know, I'd rather have a woman uh, female leader than a male leader in a lot of cases. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think, you know, a woman, I think sometimes the emotion 
a, a woman knows how to keep her emotions in check. And I'm going to say that in a, I hope that don't sound Yeah, wrong. but I, I can't stand, you know, I hate that. Because it's like women, oh, emotions. Oh, is she going to be emotional? Like, but, I, I mean, hate but, stuff I like mean, that. that that's, like that's men, like a man doesn't have emotions. We like got, a man doesn't emotions. take out his whatever's going on after hours on the job yeah, we got with emotions. his employees too. But I mean, I, but women are just a little bit more open with their emotions than men are because we got ego. But yeah, that, let's not go down that rabbit hole. But 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 my point is, it seems like the lines for me are becoming very blurred. I'm seeing stuff to me that just doesn't make any sense when I see a woman getting out the car and pumping the gas and the guy's still sitting in the car. Mm-hmm. Like, is that a is that her being like, you know, I got this, you ain't got to do this? Or is that maybe something, I don't know. I can't be seeing this many things wrong with guys that's like wrong with their leg or, you know, they, they disabled. Because I feel like if you're disabled and you can't do it, mm-hmm. but, and then women getting on their knee, proposing to men, asking for marriage. Mm-hmm. That to me just doesn't make any sense. Now, you know, to each his own. I'm not. I'm not condemning it. I just don't understand it. Right. I mean, it's against your tradition and your different personal beliefs. Yeah. It, it's just. It's just certain things, and I'm like, I feel like you. The woman should want to be chased and should mm-hmm. be chased. Um, uh, because we're the prize. I mean, like even in the in the Bible, we are the valuable prize here. Uh, when a when a man finds when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing, he obtains favor with the Lord. Like seriously. Yeah. I yeah, mean But that 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 goes to a Christian. We but I mean what about the Muslim? I mean what do they believe? But I think Muslims even or you know, people that's of the Muslim faith Most cultures, you know, value the woman's role. And I'm not gonna say all, let me be clear, because all cultures or religions can kinda have their different views on it. But I would say, you know, in general, the general rule is, yeah, you know, that the guy asks the woman for marriage or whatever. I mean, you have some cultures where it's arranged marriages and things like that. So that's why I say I want to just speak for everybody in all religions and cultures. Mm-hmm. But I just think in our society that we have become, you know, and I, and I get your I get your drift of where you're trying to go when it comes to um equal we're equal and i don't need you to do this i can do this for myself but i think it's to a certain extent Mm -hmm. you know like i think it's good i'm teaching my daughter and it's so funny because my um friend and i had a conversation about this at work how we train our daughters to be independent and we train our boys off the time to be dependent you know all we kind of as mothers we kind of coddle our sons a little bit more than we coddle our daughters Mm -hmm. um and she was like why is that and i think it's because you know we as women want to make sure i don't want you to depend on a man i want you to be able to stand on your own two feet i want you to be able to take care of yourself and if you marry someone or meet a man that can take care of you at least you have a degree and you have things of your own Mm -hmm. that you don't have to be solely dependent on him in case something happens so I think that's the difference you know it's like we want to kind of let me speak for me my son and my daughter I love them both dearly but let's be honest as a father you parent both kids a little differently And as a mother, I parent both kids a little differently, Um, you know, based on what I think they need more or less of, Mm -hmm. you know. So I think that's the balance of having two parents, too. But, you know, I I just think culturally we are designed, especially African-American women, 
to be what you would call, and I hate, what am I going to say? Strong. Strong. I don't understand why that's offensive. I hate that. It's like, like you, describe said, your wife. She's strong. When I said that to you, and like, you, oh my God. I was like, kind of offended by it. And I was like, well, what do you want me to call you? Weak? No, it's just like, you know, describe your wife. Oh, she's strong. Okay. Like, what does that mean? You're I'm strong. strong. Like, you're a strong person. Like, uh, you, the, you're, you're not, you got weak and you got strong. And in my definition of strong is the opposite of weak. A weak person is kind of like, uh, this person can't hold no job or, uh, you, you just solely dependent on me. If I don't do it, it ain't going to get done. I mean, that that's the way I look at it. Like you're opposite of weak. Um, you 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 can hold your own. Like I'm confident in the fact that God forbid, if I was to pass away, that you can still hold it down. You're strong in that manner. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you strong in the manner of you know just you you gonna make it happen. Either way it goes. That's what I mean by strong. Opposite of weak. But you kind of find it offensive to be described as strong. Listen, we were we were with our friends, and I can't remember the question, the exact question. And the guys was like, but it was like, describe huh? Maya. Oh, she's strong. What the devil? I don't. I don't. Okay, I don't I'm strong. Offense. And what? Oh, I said more things, but you was offended at the strong. Because you just kept. She's just strong. She's strong. Like okay, like I chose to be strong. I think sometimes as a black woman, or as a woman in general, and especially as a mother and as a wife and a businesswoman and different things, you know. Strength is something that you don't choose. It's just something that you just, it's what you do. It's just like, I have to get this done. So not that I do it to wear the badge of I'm strong. It's just the things that I do, I'm let's get it done. Let's take care of business. I mean, I really haven't had a choice. Yeah, I'm, I'm but, really just staring at you right now. I'm kind of like, but, I, but, but I think it goes to what I was just saying on how we train our girls to be independent. So the same definition that you just gave for me for what my strength is or what, you know, why I'm strong is the same thing I'm saying about girls and how we train girls to be strong and be that independent person, even in a relationship. And so you really commented kind of on that same point, like, well, you're strong. I know if, you know, something happened, you can handle it, you can hold it down. And so I think, we in unintentionally sometimes pass that down to our children, our girls in particular, not to say that's right or wrong, but I'm just, even in my own personal reflection, I know the conversations that I have with my 10 year old daughter is, you know, you need to make sure you get your education. You need to make sure that you have certain skills and you have a set of values. Um, so that when you become a woman, you can continue to possess those things because you're going to need them, mm-hmm. you know, Whereas um, in some other cultures, I'm training you to be a wife, you know, or I'm training you to be with your partner or marry up. You know what I mean? So do you, do you have any regrets? Do you have do you have any regrets from that type of training? No, because it's what I know. You know, I come from, as you would call air quote, strong women. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's my environment. So a lot of times you're a product of your environment. I don't think I reg- I don't think I have any regrets. I think that I wish that I was exposed a little bit more to it's okay to be vulnerable. 
It's okay to be weak. It's okay to, you know, show your flaws a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's not something that I felt like um, I saw a lot of. It was like, you know, what I saw was get it done. Yeah. Uh, well, I got some regrets. What you got some regrets about? And Lord I got some, and, and I'm about to be very vulnerable. Um, Who are you about to talk about? Well, you already know. Um, Do I? Yeah. Well, and and, and the reason why, kind of going back, I brought up Michelle Williams and Charlemagne and the whole mental health mm-hmm. thing. Um, I feel that the, the, I want to talk about my 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 upbringing in black church, uh, and, and we made a vow really to, and this this we made a vow not to discuss politics and religion on this on this show. Yeah, we did. But this isn't. I'm not quoting scriptures or anything like that. Or I'm just talking about my story. So, okay. Um, but I do have religious regrets, and let me let me walk you through it as much as I possibly can. Bear with me. Um, I grew up in a house where, you know, my mom was raising a church. My dad was too. But they're 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 different. They had my dad was raised in the Baptist church. My mom was raised in Pentecostal. Mm-hmm. Um, but when my mom and dad met, they met in a in a my dad <laughs> my dad was not churchy at all. At all, he was raised in the church. You know, my grandma took him to church, and my grandparents took him to church or whatever. But he wasn't raised like when, I think he was a type where he got old enough. He was like, I'm out. And I'm the 10th. <laughs> I'm the 10th child. I'm the last. Um, But my mom ended up, you know, she kind of left the church and then started going back. I didn't start going to church until I was five years old. So I was raised in a Pentecostal church from like the age five, six through 17. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I got to a point where I just really hated church at that point and I was 17 and I remember I was working at University of Dayton UD mm-hmm. I was working in the cafeteria my junior and senior year of high school I would ask them to schedule me on Sunday just so I wouldn't go to church <laughs> I remember you telling me that like I would have them schedule me on Sunday because I hated going to church these were some of the meanest people yeah. oh my god they were so mean and I remember I marched one day the pastor at the particular church that I went to, because I'm not name dropping anything, because I know there's some people that's going to be listening. Like, who is he talking about? I'm not name dropping, but you probably know who I'm talking about. But no oh, names Lord. will be mentioned in this story. But no, <laughs> no, no, no. But um, I'm say that jokely, but seriously, you know, I remember the pastor was like, "Hey, uh, can you help move the the drums out the? You and Chris help move the drums. So me and Chris went move the drums during Sunday school, and the the mother the the lady that was teaching flipped out on us in front of everybody, and here I am like I work on Sundays I ain't got to take this. <laughs> you you stupid. So I marched in the pastor's office that day. It was like I ain't coming back. I'm 17 years old. It was like I was like I'm not coming back. He was like, Well, why, son? I was like, I'm just tired of this. I threw the papers off his desk. No, nah, I really didn't do that. You're so retarded. Flipped his desk. Sorry. Said, I'm tired of this. I'm out. But no, I um was like, you know what, I'm not coming back. And he said the 
I'm sorry, in my words, he said the dumbest thing to me. He said, well, before you leave, can you help build the youth program? Like, what? Brother, what? Like, why would I? I'm about to leave, and you want me to help bring people in? That don't make any sense to me. So it was at that point where I was like, you know what? I'm done with church. I'll come back when I'm about 25, 30. Go out here and do my dirt. Are you there planning on going back to the church? Yeah. Really? I was like, like, I'm going to live out my 20s doing what I want to do. I didn't know that. Yeah, I was done. I know, but you're saying that you were willing to come back after a period of time. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I wouldn't think that you would want to go back at all. But you know what? It was now, see, I got some seeds planted in me. And it was like, you know what? I know, I, I believe church was, that upbringing was my moral compass. Gotcha. So I knew it was right. And I was like, you know what? I'll be back. But give me about 13 years. So same year, I'm still 17. The church that I went to was small. Let me let me back up. The church that I was raised in was small. Like what's what kind of small? Probably no more than fifty people that went to this church. In your whole in the whole church. Twelve years of being at the church. From five to seventeen. It was probably I've never seen more than fifty, wow. sixty people in that church. And the youth, the people that was in my age, it was probably only about five of us. Wow. So and keep that point. It was only like five of us in that. So when I go to another church like um you know, we had a group in high school, and one of the guys that was a part of the group ended up start not coming around. We like, where'd he go? Mm-hmm. Follow him. He was going to a church where it was a big youth group. Mm-hmm. And the youth group was bigger than the church that I went to. Right. So I was like, yo, this is dope. I'm still 17. The same year, I was like, I'm supposed to be done with this. But I'm seeing something I ain't never seen. Mm-hmm. There's people on fire, you know, just just hype. The, the, the youth pastor was, you know, very um, hip. I guess you could say, or, mm-hmm. you know, he, he was, he, you, we knew his age, mm-hmm. but he was still young like, at heart. yeah, very young at heart. Mm-hmm. So I respected him. He had kids my age mm-hmm. and I respected him a lot. And I always say I'm a product of youth ministry. So, you know, I ended up going to this church and that the, youth ministry. Yeah. I'm a product of that youth ministry, right. but I'm still a product of youth ministry because mm-hmm. even to this day, I still dedicate a lot. Let me back up. I still dedicate some. (laughs) (laughs) I still dedicate some of my time to youth ministry, but not in the capacity of being a youth minister. Right. You know, through my DJing. Right. So now I'm going to get to that part. But um, I ended up going to this church from the age of 17 up until I was, what, 30? Mm, Early 30s. All the way through 2009. Okay. So, so 30. Yeah, so I was going to this church and the youth group was was strong and then eventually I get in my you know, uh lower 20s, kind of graduate to the the main church, the big church. The big church. And I grew up as a musician. I read music, played a lot of instruments, and I ended up just one day was like I want to play the keys. I want to play the organ. Mm-hmm. Jumped up there and just start playing. Mhm. Because I, I learned how to read music, but also learned how to play by ear. Jumped up there, started playing, played with the band for five years. Uh, to me, was one of the baddest bands in the city. It really was. One of the baddest bands in the city. Mm-hmm. I just got up there was like, I want to play with y'all. Come on. Wasn't the strongest thing, but now, let me. Yeah, why don't you want to play, like, because you have so much experience playing other instruments, why didn't you want to play like the piano or something? The that piano was like the core of music. Mm-hmm. It's the core. It's like the heart. But you had capabilities of being able to play it. Yeah, I, well, I did. 
You played the organ. The organ is the keys. I know, but I'm saying the piano. Yeah, anyway. Sometimes me, we'll swap very, very few times, but I, was, I wasn't I was your classical type of guy. I was more of a patter, okay. meaning I would hold the, you know, the chords and stuff like that. I was more of a chord structure guy. I wasn't like your, you know, classical doing runs and all that. I wasn't that guy. Right. Gotcha. But because um, that the, the piano wasn't really my first instrument. It was kind of like the last thing that I came to. But anywho, you know, so I went to this church, played in the band. Then it was the I played in the band for five years. And then after we got married, I was like, you know what? I'm going to have to let this go. Which was shocking to me. Yeah, I'm going to have to let this go. Because I never asked you to let it go. No, you didn't. But I felt like I just wanted to spend more time with you. Now. Oh, now look at there. Now, um, I got to take off my belt because it's making too much noise. But so one thing. Now, when we met, one thing that you didn't know about me was my love for hip hop. Because at that time, I was kind of like brainwashed. Oh, my God. What? Because I got at that time, you was a little what? Brainwashed. <laughs> Brain, brainwash how? Let's, let's, I, I'm getting to that story. Yeah, go ahead, because I got a story, too. I tell you if you let me talk, too. Okay, go ahead. Um, I was a little brainwashing the fact of... Now, being raised in a black church, the thing was, if you Christian, you cannot listen to anything but Christian gospel music. That was not my upbringing, and I was I'm raised in church you, but, my but, whole but life. But see, you was raised Baptist. I was raised Pentecostal. Mm-hmm. That was one of them things in the Pentecostal. It was like, if you are listening to anything outside of Christian music or gospel music, you going to hell. Pretty much. Mm. Pretty much. And so, but I had this, like, I grew up on hip hop. Even though I was in the church, I, was, I wasn't really other church I was going because I was being forced. But I was a hip hop head outside of listening to classical music and in oh, my upper please. chamber. Beethoven, get out of here. Bach. I was Bach. <laughs> um, so, but Say when it I, again. But when I was playing in the band, I still had this thing for hip hop in me, but there was no good hip hop music that was Christian at that time. Mm-hmm. So I ended up giving up the band to spend more time with you. The next thing you know, here comes a hip hop group that was coming to the church. And then I was like, you know what? Anything I could do to help, I'll help. Now, what a lot of people that know me knows about me, my favorite hip hop artist of all times. Not because of his rap, because of his entrepreneur. Master P. Master P. All day. I'll never forget the first time I heard him. I'll never forget. I was in my basement watching Rap City. This song came on, mobbing through the hood. T.R.U. And I was like, who is that? Ever since then, I was hooked on him. But I was hooked on him because the dude was smart. Like, he was super entrepreneurial. We'd never really seen anybody like him outside of the... the, We didn't know Jay-Z to be that way. But we seen people like Puff Daddy. Mm Mm-hmm. And Jermaine Dupree. But mm-hmm. Master P kind of just brought it more to the forefront. And it was like, it just really woke something up in me. I'm coming back to that. So, growing up in the church, there was no hip-hop music. And matter of fact, hip-hop music was demonized. Mm-hmm. There was a guy named G. Craig Lewis. Yeah, I remember him. Oh, my God, called X Ministries. And this guy just talked down on hip-hop. And there was a lot of people following it. Mm-hmm. So even when I started managing this group that was coming to the church, there was a what you would call a quote unquote Christian hip hop group, what we call CHH. We got flack from some churches. Some churches opened their arms to it. Some was looking at it like this is of the devil because y'all rapping. Mm-hmm. I was managing. So 
at the time of me going to this church, me and the pastor became very close. He was a mentor to to me. Mm-hmm. Very strong mentor, spent a lot of time with him. Um, during the time of me managing, there was some friction that was starting to happen. And the friction I felt like was because the guys went to the church, the guys that rap that went to the church, mm-hmm. he looked at them as, and I think the church looked at them as like, this is our group. But the thing was, there was actually a label that this group was up under. So it was like, no, these guys are as individuals go to this church, but as a group, eh, no. So I, it started causing friction between me and my mentor, which was the pastor. And eventually, you know, there were some things that happened where it was just like all respect was lost mm-hmm. for, for me. Mm-hmm. Me, me, I lost all respect. Mm-hmm. And I end up, you know, in 2009, I end up leaving the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time, I was questioning a lot of things. I wasn't questioning God. I was just questioning this whole religious church experience. Mm-hmm. I was like, not. I wasn't confused. I'm like, you know what? But your questions, just to add content context to it, your questions were kind of put on social media. Mm-hmm. You were thinking out loud. I was thinking very out loud. So, you know, that that kind of creates a different space, too, because it wasn't like this was your own. You went off into the dark and you, you know, questioned things. It was like, no, you were very vocal during that time about um, questions you had and, you know, things that you felt like weren't necessarily right or you just didn't agree with. So you, just and, to kind of, and, and, and you know, and you know, I think even just thinking about it now, the thing that kind of even hurt me even more, which left a more bitter taste in my mouth was everybody thought I was going crazy. Yeah. I mean, I had people like, you know, what's wrong with T? Everybody thought I was going crazy, but there was, there was one person and I'll mention his name, which was Robert Lyons mm-hmm. who would sit me down. Like, let's go to lunch. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about it. And he did. He was the only person that would say, hey, let me challenge you on this. Let me challenge you on that. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I still respect him. Like, yo, I appreciate that. You know, and there was times where we didn't agree. But it was like, all right, how's your burger? Mm-hmm. You know, and we would go to lunch again and again and again. Mm-hmm. I respect him for that. But it was a lot of people that was like, yo, he flipping out. He crazy. But nobody would... Nobody would really want to talk to me more on a personal level. Like, yo, you good? Right. Um, well, except for some of the people that was close to me. Like, Daryl was one mm-hmm. th- that would be like, yo, you good? No, I feel you. Now, I don't agree with that. But it was like, okay, cool. But most people just was like, uh, yeah, cast him out. Mm-hmm. So that started leaving a bitter taste in my mouth, which leads me to I end up going, leaving like the black church, period. Mm-hmm. Um, well, leaving church for a while, period. Yeah, I left church. I left so, church for like a year. Yeah, I didn't do church for like a year because I was questioning. Yeah, I've been in church all my life. Let me take a step back. At that time, my my mentality was sometimes you can't see when you're so close. Yeah. So let me let me back up a little bit and look at this thing. I never questioned God, but I was just like, you know what, this whole church thing, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So, and and too. I just want to add that the kids were very young, mm-hmm. and you were very, very um, cognizant. Well, the kid was only one kid at the time. It was only Jade. Right, and then I during this time, though, I was pregnant with Noah. This was 2009. 
Right. But I'm saying like this kind of, it, it was a period. Even when I was pregnant with Noah, we were, you were kind of coming out of it. Yeah. That's when I shot your club up. You know what? Mm-hmm. I can't shoot right now. The club up. But, the but club you were very up. protective of Jade spiritually too. So it was just like, I'm oh, like, wait, okay. She ain't going to that church. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to, no, she's staying home with me, you know? Nope. And so, you know. That that I just wanted to point out that it wasn't just you, but you felt like, as a leader, you felt like okay, no, and you, you can go, but um, my child and I will be here. And I think I think one of the other things that just kind of hurt me was, I was so loyal. One thing about me is I'm super. Loyal. Oh my god, yeah, like very to the loyal. point where it used to make you a little upset. Like yo, people tell me stuff that you didn't conversations you've had, and I'm like. I have no idea. Yeah, if somebody comes to he, me about he's something. He's never said anything. So, I mean, anybody that says anything to you and they say, keep this in the strictest of confidence. It ain't going no past. It's it. not going And you be like, anywhere. why didn't you tell me? I'm like, they didn't want me to tell nobody. I'm your wife. No, they told me. Yeah, and I'm like, mm, I think they were okay with, because t- they would tell me eventually, but you're like, well, yeah, we didn't, they didn't I tell didn't, me. I didn't do pillow talk like that. Yeah. And it used to kind of tick you off, but I'm like, yo. They told me, and if they want to tell you, then. But you know, it, it came to a point because I was so loyal that where my my where this is when the question marks and the red flags start going off was situation happens with the church within the church. I'm like kind of in a sense turning a deaf ear to it. Not that I was purposely turning a deaf ear. I'm like I can't see it. Like no, no, no way. And then when I came into question, I was like, wait a minute. You know, there was a situation where there's always this one set band that was going to the church that -hmm. was playing at the church. Okay. All of a sudden, one Sunday, a whole new band was at the church. Mm. I pulled the uh, the main guy, the the minister of music, to Mm -hmm. the side and was like, hey, blah, 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 y'all killed it, da, 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 da. What was y'all doing here? Somebody overheard me, took it back to the, the bishop. Bishop calls me. Why'd you ask that question? I'm like, Ask what question? Why'd you ask why they was here? I'm like, hey, M- Maya, you was having a graduation party. Part of the band was at our house last yesterday. Mm-hmm. They said nothing to us like, oh, we're not going to be there tomorrow. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, a whole new band is here. Of course, I'm going to ask like, oh, what y'all doing here? It wasn't like, no, oh, what y'all doing? He was more like, oh, hey, uh, what y'all doing here? Somebody overheard me, took it back. I got called into question. Why are you asking that question? You know, it's a lot of stuff going on around here. We don't need you stirring up anything. Er, wait a minute. Okay, now I feel like, okay, there's a lot of stuff up under this rug. There's a lot of stuff up under this rug. And you questioning the most loyal person, that's what turned me away from the church. I was like, you know what? I'm out. Y'all can have it. Yeah. That was my turning point. It was. That was my turning point. I was like, you asking the most loyal person that ain't never been in no mess. It was. And I'm asking an innocent question to a guy that I was just like, hey, what y'all doing here? Somebody overheard me say it, ran back, told you, you calling me in the question. Yeah. Then my mentor calls me asking me, and I'm like, dude, what is going on? I would have your back, but nobody's telling me what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, something's going on. I'm not sticking around for it. Er, I'm out. So at that time, I you know that's when I was like you know what this whole religious experience, my eyes are open now. Because I was just like yo whatever the church needs I'm on it. At this point, I take like a year off, then I end up going to a church north of town in Vandalia, predominantly white. 
to this day, I still go, we still go to a, like a predominantly white church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I miss the music at black church. Oh God, yes. I miss the music. I miss the fellowship, but I don't miss everything else. Mm-hmm. Like I feel, and I feel like I've grown to a place. Not saying like they they beneath us or anything like that. I just feel like I've grown to a place where, as an entrepreneur, I need to be around where I can see entrepreneurial stuff going on. Give me an example. You don't. We we see, okay. And I said I'm gonna keep it a hundred percent funky. I can't stand when I hear pastors saying they got checks in the mail or da 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 da. da. The pastor's the only one looking blessed in the church. Mm-hmm. The pastor is like the the pinnacle. The way we've been going to church lately, BMWs and Audis is the Honda. Mm-hmm. Everybody has one, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay. There's entrepreneurs in the church. There's more. There's more to church than just preaching and music. Mm-hmm. There's so much other stuff going on. There's entrepreneur. There's an entrepreneur small group. There's divorce small groups. There's new. There's new marriage small groups. There's so much going on. Yeah, because I know, like the church we go to now, um, offer counseling, free counseling sessions. I mean, they have a whole counseling facility building. Mm-hmm. attached to the church and it's completely free anybody can go you don't have to be a member you know no insurance it's free yeah and then but you, you want to know what really sold me and i was saying this years ago back in like 0809 i felt like i wasn't being respected for who i really am mm. a lot of times i felt like i was trying to be pushed into being a preacher or being the best musician but that wasn't really where my heart lied. I couldn't find anybody, in in you know uh, that that looks like me. I couldn't really find the. There might be a speck here, speck there, that was like entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find that. Me to grow spiritually, I need to be around people that did real estate, that did music, or had their own business. I need to be around it, and I need to see it mm-hmm. from a aspect of okay they christians i'm a christian so i'm gonna tell you what really messed me up and this was more within the last year and a half now when i ended up start djing back in 2009 one of my missions was to partner up with youth pastors from the city to do events for their for their youth Mm -hmm. i'm like you know what because before I did that, I was I would rent out a club downtown. Mm-hmm. We would rent out the club, and I would throw parties. And I turned from that to become a DJ. And then one of my missions, and see, here's the other. But even that, even your party, because what your name means and the way it's spelled, it was still. I never really told pe- too many people what my name means. Yeah. My DJ name is DJ Doris E. Right. Which is a spin off my name. My last name is Dorsey, but my DJ name is technically Doris E, right. which is doing our Redeemer service excellent. Mm-hmm. That's why the E is capitalized at the end. A lot of people probably don't even know that. Right. That's what my name means. Doing our Redeemer service excellent. Right. And I think when I came up with that, I wanted to partner with youth pastors from around the city. Bring all your youth. Let's throw these big parties. Right. That's why I wanted to make sure that you highlighted that because that was the reason why you were doing parties. You weren't doing parties just like, 
you know, secular parties. It started out where you were doing things to give the young people and a place to party. Yeah. Christian young, young Christian people, a place to party and have a good time. So, and I, I tried it for like five years. I, I had a little bit of support, but the most I would see is 30 people come out. Yep. And I did it for five years, and then eventually Can barely cover your expenses. Well, no, really, wasn't no expenses. I would there was certain, there was only a couple of churches that would open up their doors because I never. Oh yeah, I'm talking about the venue. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. You talking about the parties that would throw at the club? Yeah, I'm talking about the parties that would throw at, at the churches. At the yeah. churches, and mm-hmm. I would I would be like, "Yo, youth pastors, bring out your youth." Yeah, yeah. But they looked at me as a threat. I had one church say, "Oh, are you still in members?" I'm like, "Dude, I don't even go to that church." Right. And matter of fact. I was charging like three bucks for them to get in, Mm -hmm. but I would never collect a dime from it. Whatever church let me host it, I would give all the money collected at the door to that particular youth ministry. Mm -hmm. So sewing, sewing, Mm -hmm. very important. Mm -hmm. So I tried it. I tried it. I tried it. I tried it. I got some support from some ministries, but like I said, I still never seen over 30 people. Then, and, and here's the thing, you know, I was traveling around the country and traveling around this area, doing concerts where it was anywhere between 500 people to 2,000 people. Mm-hmm. From anybody, from the big artists to the small artists. True. Grammy Award winning artists. True. I was on a roll with them. And I don't think people really know, you know, like maybe look at you as a local DJ, but you have DJ for some pretty big names. Very big names. Yeah. And from Detroit to Oklahoma, I've been to yeah. Tampa. You know, like I've been around. Mm-hmm. But it, w- it was more like... I wanted to see stuff happening in my own city. So I was trying to create a culture. Then another church comes in. They end up hiring me. I did two events at their church because they opened up the doors. was like, hey, we see what you're doing. Why don't you come over here and do it? Cool. Did two events. They was like, yo, we actually need a youth pastor, youth coordinator. We think you'll be great for it. Took me a while. I was like, huh, huh, that ain't my thing, but let me think about it. Called up some of my youth pastor friends. It was like, look, dude, you got to count the cost. This is what it's going to take. So I ended up accepting the position, but still throwing the events, still not getting a lot of support. Now I belong to a particular church. People are like, eh. I don't know what people's thoughts was, but that's when it was kind of like, I really was, it was kind of starting to flatline at that point. So my DJing, this we like right now in 2014, 15. Mm-hmm. My DJing is really taking off. To the point where some stuff happened between me and that pastor. Well, not me between me and the pastor. It was just kind of like it. My DJing was taking off. I couldn't really focus on a youth ministry like that. I mean, I, you I would was, come to church. I don't even know how you did it. I, I really don't. Late night Saturdays, waking I up really on Sunday. I really don't. I mean, and, and you they were said that. faithful to just like come in one, two o'clock in the morning, get up. Then you had to be at church earlier. Stay there teach i mean yeah. and it, and then you're a very active father so it's not like you just okay the kids just all right whatever kids i mean you're like okay i'm about to take them here i'm gonna do i'm like oh my god so one day pastor pulls me in to a meeting and was gave me an ultimatum like look we need to see improvement in 30 days or else i'm like i'm not trying to be cocky but i was like you don't give me ultimatums guess what i'm out right <laughs> It was a blessing for you in, in disguise, but too, you know because what? you really needed it. was like you weren't going to give that up. You were going to keep pushing yourself until you just couldn't push anymore. So it was almost like 
You needed that. But yeah, and I needed that. And looking yeah. back, I did need that. So because my DJ was just taking off, and I was like, you know what? They see it like, how are you doing all of this? And how is mm-hmm. it possible? You got a family, you DJing, you work a full time job, you're doing this. I was just like, you know what? Something's got to give. So I end up letting it go. Now, at in the midst of me being a youth coordinator at that particular church, I was going to these nine these. I was about to give up the name, but I was going to these um, network meetings, mm-hmm. and it was network. It was set up for youth pastors from around the city. Mm-hmm. I was the only black guy there, and it was a lot of people from the suburban churches. So I'm going to these network meetings, and I the the church that we go to now. We didn't even know this was a church at first. For, for what, a good year? We didn't even know it was a church. I thought it was a business. I did too. Until one day I was riding my bike and I rode in the parking lot around the back, which yeah. is technically the front. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, snap. I came back was like, babe, did you know that's a church? And next thing you know, I'm sitting up in there in the meeting one day. And I remember riding through there. I was like, I'm going to meet somebody up in this church. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, I'm going to these these uh, 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 network meetings with youth pastors, meet the youth pastor there. He's like, I went there like twice. He was like, you know, we had two different meetings. He was like, yo, I heard you're a DJ. We're thinking about throwing this event, and we're going to call it blah, 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 and we would love to have you DJ. So he brought me into the church and was like, you know, I want you to look around. This is what we're going to do. Huge church. Like, this church has over 5,000 people, I mm-hmm. think, that goes to it. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, like, looking like, oh, snap. It didn't hit me until after I left, and I had to text him. I was like, dude, you are not going to believe this. What you're trying to – the event that you're about to do is something I've been trying to do for the past five years. Yeah. And they was putting major money into it. Mm-hmm. So I was just like – and I had to sit there and think about, like, oh, my God. This is – out of all the stuff that I've been doing, mm-hmm. like everybody knows how much I DJ, where I DJ, like, but the church has always been kind of like, yeah, your heart, been my heart. Mm-hmm. Youth ministry, I said, I'm a product of youth ministry, mm-hmm. so I always want to give back to it. So, I end up submitting my invoice. I'll never forget. This was just about a year ago, a little over a year ago. I submit my invoice. He slides it back to me like, no, 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 no. I don't think you know what you're going to be doing, and I don't think you know who we are. I need you to increase that invoice. I had to increase my invoice by 250%. And I'm like in total shock, like, whoa. And then he was like, we're going to do multiple of these events. We're going to do five of them. And this is going to be your fee for each event. This ain't for the whole thing. This is for each event. And I'm looking like, you're really about to pay me this much. Mm-hmm. He was like, and then eventually I asked him, I was like, how come you paying me so much money? He was like, I just want you, w- w- anytime we need you, I want you to be available. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, heck, with this amount, what you need? Right. You know, so here's. But that's, let me just say something. That kind of goes back to the sowing of seeds, right? Exactly. Because you, for, I mean, I'm telling you, you were so passionate about this and you would do it. And I'm like, I mean, and at that point of our life, we were really, really trying to get on our feet, struggling. We needed every dime we can get. And 
you would just be so positive about it. Like, no, I didn't make anything, but it's okay. You know, I feel good about the event. I feel like, you know, people came. Yeah, more people should have could have came, but it was good. It was good. I mean, and you sold those seeds for years. For years. And so it's like now. Do you know when they first did it, the first event was on a Sunday. It was over 500 people that showed up. Yeah. And I'm sitting up there like, oh, my God. It, it hit me like. This is what I've been trying to do. Yeah, but I think that's important for people who are doing something and you're like, I just don't see any results. Am I to keep doing this? Am I to just let this go? Should I just say forget it? Maybe I thought I heard God or maybe I thought this was what my calling was, but it really isn't. You want to know Keep something? going. You want to know going. what popped in my head just along those lines? You know what Amazon, how they first started off? You know what they were selling? Amazon sold books. Think about it. Mm-hmm. Amazon was a bookstore. Mm-hmm. Look at them now. Yeah. And I, I was that hit me the other day, earlier this week, and I was like, yo, for anybody that's an entrepreneur, Amazon, the biggest company out here next to Apple, started off selling books. Mm-hmm. Look at them now. Mm-hmm. So. And then, and then to compare you, in a sense, to that, you Amazon continued to reinvent themselves. You continuously study the craft of this art and you continue to reinvent yourself. And I mean, I have witnessed you say something, you know, this is how many gigs I'm going to do this year. Next year, I'm doing this amount of gigs. And I mean, every single time you would speak it, I mean, it happened. I'm a DJ for this corporate event. This company is going to call me because I, not for the money, but I just want to instigate their party. And I mean, Dog on it if they don't call. So I just think to that entrepreneur, again, speaking to the entrepreneur, you know, you have to speak it. And that's hard for me. It's hard for me to speak things because I'm such a realist. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at the forecast of where I am now. I can't see the weather clearing up down the line. I'm just looking at today. It's cloudy. It's raining. And I don't see tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But for you, You've been gifted to really be an optimist in the sense that you really are going to speak into existence what you want. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, just really, I guess, I mean, I know this is more of your um, spiritual journey, but also just speaking to the uh, the entrepreneur, just keep going. Yeah. Keep definitely. going. And that's why I said Amazon started off selling books and look at them now. Yeah. You know, um, and, you know, and, and, I, and, I, and all of this, you know, we, we moved to the suburbs and this is this is a whole nother podcast. Cause like, where are you going with this? But I, we moved to the suburbs, and not to say we did it because we wanted to get our kids in a better school system. True that. And the money got a lot better too. So you know, um, but thank God. Because we we was broke, 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 broke struck, struggle, 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 and busted, so, busted and disgusted. But you know, within the past, you know. Five six years, stuff has been on the incline, and um, obviously and we're just wiser. We're wiser, yeah. and, But we we're investing, mm-hmm. and I think one of the comments, and I heard it from kind of like I would say two three different people, kind of came into question. It and it kind of stung, but I was kind of like, dang, is this how people see me? Like, T, do you even like your own people anymore? Black people, and I'm like. Yeah, and if I could be honest, economically, my own people wreck my nerves. 
And I'll, I'll go on the record and say that because even when I look at from 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 a entrepreneurial thing, the part that frustrates me is our own community don't even support each other. This is true. Um, it, it and it happens, and you've heard me complain about this. I ended up raising my prices, catered to a different different crowd, mm-hmm. more corporate, more um. Not us. Mm-hmm. Increased my prices, catered more to that. Nobody really questioned my prices like that, except for my own people. Mm-hmm. And it and it hurts when people say, do I love my own people? I'll never forget when you dropped on me. It, and I heard about it, but when you went a little bit more in depth about like Black Wall Street. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, and this is, this, and I I don't want anybody to feel like I, I think people get a little threatened when you start talking about your love for being black. But I'll never forget on Solange's album, her mom, her and Beyonce's mom was just breaking down. It's no threat when I'm talking about being black. We just went through so much struggle and our ancestors went through so much struggle that we appreciate, you know, being black. It's a sense of pride. It's a sense of pride. Mm-hmm. So it's no threat to somebody that's white or Asian or anything like that or Hispanic, it's no threat to anybody else or talking down to anybody else. We just got black pride. Right. But what hurts is being black and your own people don't support you. The like I hate it that whenever I quote somebody my rates, oh, you expensive. Oh, and they try to talk me down. Go ahead. Or and it and you know it's happened. It happens kind of often. Yeah, but what I want to say is I don't want it to just be a black thing. No, it's not. I don't. It's, and, and because I'm not even, I'm you not know, even some another nationality or you know ethnicity of of a person can also be like, oh, that's a little too pricey yeah, and for I've me. I've had that. I've had so, that. So, like, let's that. be clear. And, yeah, I've had that too, where it's kind of like you know, and I'm not saying white people always just pay me my price or you know. Now I'm getting into the the Indian market where they. You know, they're going to ask the price, but um, I'm not saying like black people don't pay and white people do. I'm not saying that at all because I've been questioned. However, from a from a from a percentage rate, there's more of my people that want to shortcut me. Mm-hmm. And it's more like, I don't know. And, and I don't really know how to say it. I do know how to say it, but I don't want to offend. Because I know people will be offended, you know. But I'm, I'm. There's some people that's gonna understand, some people that's not. I don't mean any offense, but is this is technically my experience, though. I understand. This I is what I want to clarify that it, even in your experience, it hasn't always just been, you know, a person, an African American person that may try to just re- say black, black. Excuse me. I, I, my educational field, we say yeah, African American, yeah, yeah. but a black person that's trying to lower your rate, or They'll get me from my lower rate, and then when I get there, they try to get more out of me. And it's like, yo, this ain't what we talked about. This, like, it, So it's just certain stuff. And then even moving to where we moved to, like our property value has just been up, 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 going up, up, up. Mm-hmm. And when we lived in Trotwood... <laughs> it, it, it's just, I, think we, I think we just got on the right side of the mortgage. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's just one of them things to where 
I it's not that I hate my people because I love them because I miss being at a black church and getting the music. I miss it. The Econi- music, the community, the community. Yeah. I, oh, oh, I love going to a party. And it's just you know, it, it's so much stuff, and I don't. I'm, I'm being very careful. And I was like, you know, what? I'm express myself, but I'm like now I'm tensing up because I know there's somebody like what you really mean. Mm-hmm. You know, even even when I DJ parties, this is one of the most frustrating things. And I thought it was just me until I got around other DJs because I don't for some reason I don't really hang around too many DJs because I don't do a lot of clubs. But anywho, I was just like I asked another DJ when we went to uh, dinner the other night. I was like. Um, he was he was talking about how the dance floor would be up and then it'd be down, meaning people would be on it and then people would be off. I've noticed that when I do like a mixed crowd or mostly white crowd, just keep the music going. Mm-hmm. With my people, I have to play a lot of line dance music in order for them to dance. And if they don't like a song, they're going to clear the floor. <laughs> And it's so frustrating where I'm like, yo, and it, and, I, and I'm being super vulnerable because I know people are going to hate what I'm saying, but I'm saying from my experience, because you. you know, I DJ a lot of crowds that I don't see a lot of my people. This is true. And whenever I DJ a crowd where it's a lot of my people, if you play something, if, if it's not hip hop and R&B and if it ain't the hits, a lot of people are going to clear the floor. Mm-hmm. And if it ain't wobble, cha-cha slide, electric slide, stuff like that, people ain't going to dance. Mm-hmm. But... A lot of times when I go to an, another culture, they like, yo, long as the music is upbeat, we're going to be out here dancing. Mm-hmm. And that part is so frustrating. Now, culturally, the, the the given is culturally we're different. Absolutely. And I tell, I tell our kids, like, look, don't you come home saying what to us. Yeah. I don't care what your school class the classmates you. is doing. Now, we now, don't say what. Now, brother, that's the one thing we agree on. I'm trying to tell you. When we don't say these kids. So, so, but, but when I seen it, I was like, oh, in that, you know, in that culture, what is okay? Mm-hmm. But to us, what is like disrespectful? Is disrespectful? And I'm gonna smack one lip that way and one lip <laughs> that way. Um. So it, it is. I I don't. Not that I, you're gonna do anything because you just. Yeah. Um. Mashed potatoes. I'm gonna say go sit in the corner. Right. No, I'm not. But um <laughs> pretty much. Don't say it again. You know, it, it's it's this is one of the parts that if I can be honest, being an entrepreneur and being black, living in the suburbs, sometimes it's kinda hard to navigate through. It is. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm speaking now out of a lot of observation. I'm not saying anything is fact. I'm saying this is what I've experienced. Mm-hmm. This is what I've seen. And it's just, it's a lot of observation. And, and I'm being vulnerable even talking about it. But I'm just like, wow. A lot of this stuff is, um, some stuff is just a lot of observation. Mm-hmm. So another thing, another thing that I regret, and this might shock you. I regret our wedding. And why is that? At that time, this was during my super religious state of mind. Oh, yeah. Can I tell my story? Hold on. Hold on. Don't don't let me forget to tell my story. Don't forget to tell your story. I hate when you do that. I, I need you to remind me. I need you to remind me. Get, come Get, on. Come on. So, at that time of our wedding... That was during the time of me being like, if it ain't gospel, we ain't playing it. 
Oh my God. And now that I DJ a lot of weddings, I'm like, man, this is where people can enjoy themselves. So can I we will, can we can we do a do over? Yeah. Yeah, because I need a different reception. I'm just saying. Because I was so religious, our wedding was so full of gospel music. And how does people dance to that? Yeah, but that's what we requested. That's what we requested, but that's I look back like, oh my God. Where was my head at? Religious. Very. And and it's like those are some of the regrets that I have because a lot of stuff that I did, if I could be quite honest, I didn't do it to please God. I did it to please the people that was around me. Mm-hmm. Because there was so many rules. Mm-hmm. I was just so now I'm so much free. You you know what to you know where I play at. Right. I'll be in the casinos, different places. Bars. You know, and I'm playing a lot of I'm playing I'm playing a lot of vulgar stuff. Mm-hmm. And but I'm sliding in other stuff where people are like, "Who was that? Oh, that's Lecrae. Oh, that's Social Club. Oh, that's Andy Minio. Oh, that's such and such." Where people are like, "Yo, never heard of them, but that's dope." Mm-hmm. I'm not even trying to witness to people. I'm just like, "Yo, there's different type of music out here." Yeah, you do a good job of that. You know. Um. So, what was your story before before you forget? Listen, my story because you know I forget. My story is, I had a collection of CDs. Okay, mm-hmm. because I like a particular genre outside of gospel of music, and my genre is R and B. Okay, that's my thing. Mm-hmm. I listen to R and B, and I still listen to old school, new school, whatever. I like R and B, and you made me, and I'm gonna say made M A D E, me throw out all of my CDs because what you need them for. What you need those for? If it ain't gospel, you don't need to play it. What you need those for? I regret it because I could use a lot of that music. You know, I'm trying <laughs> to tell you. I didn't. I would have had some free music already. And you made me. You made me. I had. I mean, I don't. I, know, I had a I made whole. You. Yes, you did. I argued we had, you down. You argued me, and yeah, I got yeah. sick of it. You weighed me down. I was throwing CDs away secretly. Were you? No, I'm just playing. I'm gonna say shut up. Yeah, I, you know, I regret that. And I was like, really? So you kind of guilted me like, oh, it's wrong. I remember I used to listen to the um, Christian station pretty much that or my gospel CDs or, you know, the sermons from church or something like that. Like that was the only content of listening materials that I would listen to. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, because at that point I became like religious right with you. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, Became religious with me. Idea was like the two shall become one flesh. Okay, so together I was like, I can't listen to the radio. I can't listen to this other stuff. And I mean, it was really um almost crippling for me because I'm like, I I, I like old school music. I like the 70s music. I like the 80s music. I like I love the 90s. Okay. So, you know, I felt like I couldn't be free and listen to things because it was just so like tabooed in our home. Like you wouldn't even let me drink. You thought, oh, if you drinking, you just, you know, you drunk. And I'm like, I'm, I had a glass of wine. Yeah. And it was like a big deal. So, you know, sometimes you know, I think you know people can push from, that on you too. Yeah, but that, that wasn't really religious for me. That what was, was because, that? That was more because 
of an alcoholic that was in my family. Well, the alcohol, I could see the alcohol. That was because of it. And I had and to really reason, show you over the years, like, uh, having a glass of wine is not about to I, make me an know, alcoholic. And, 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 but because I, that's what I was, I seen right. many days of my life, I was just kind of like, uh. But now, I don't care if you drink in front of me now at all. I like, I, I the guy that I was 10 years ago is not the guy that I am It now. sure isn't. Like, now, do I drink? I stay no. far away from it because I have an addictive personality. And the time I did have a drink, I didn't like it. And you have a history in your family of addiction. So, yeah. so I, I stay far away from it. But people, I'll be going out to places and people be drinking it. You want something to drink? No, I'm good. Now, 10 years ago or even seven years I ago. I wouldn't have sat down with somebody having a drink. You sure wouldn't have. Mm-mm. Now, tell the truth. Shame I, the oh, devil. Man, I, when I say I look back at that religious guy that I was, I just be like, ugh. Like, I couldn't, I feel like I missed out on a lot of life. Now, not in a way that I'm like, I was out, I just wanted to go out there and sin. That's not what I'm saying. It was just like, I felt like a lot of stuff that I did, I had this rule book that I had to refer to, like, oh, can't do that, can't do this, can't do that. So, but you know what? Here's the other thing, too. Let me let me bring a little bit of balance to this, because I don't want people to think that I'm just like, black church is wrong and white church is right. I'm not saying that. No, not at all. Because here's the other thing, too. I've seen churches offer stuff that was entrepreneurial or budgeting classes. The pastor or the church would push this stuff, but the people didn't show up. Mm-hmm. So I think it. I'm not saying it was just all on the pastor. A lot of stuff was on the people too, mm-hmm. and I think that was just a community thing. Like it, it used to just frustrate me. I would see even the church that we was at. Um, I would see them push stuff. And if it wasn't this particular pastor that was preaching, people wouldn't come. Mm-hmm. They would say, hey, y'all want to learn how to budget your money better or, you know, uh, entrepreneurial stuff and da 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 The people would not show up. Mm-hmm. And I was, when I thought about that, I was like, it's not all, it's not all on the pastor either. It's, it's about a community effort. Absolutely. And I'm going to tell you, you didn't go to church Sunday, but I went to church Sunday. And I what, slept in. You sure did. You needed it. But one thing that I, um, really loved because I had missed the service the Sunday before. I ain't been at church in a couple of Sundays. Yeah, a couple Sundays. I had missed well, a couple ahead. Sundays. Yeah, yeah. And so um they were having, you know, Thanksgiving is coming up. And so they were having a um I guess they'd raise money on a page. What's the page? Like GoFundMe page or something. Mm-hmm. And so they were raising money to basically give turkeys out. Yeah, I heard about it. And I mean they said they raised fifteen thousand dollars like in a day. And so they're giving, they have all these turkeys that they're going to get. And I want my organization to be a part of that, delivering out the turkeys and stuff, but they're just giving them out for free. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that is freaking amazing that you, in one day, one day you set a goal, you reach it in one day. And then now in return, you're going to just push those back out to the community. Yeah. So when you see churches doing things like that, I think it's encouraging, you know, for you, um, and just your spiritual growth, like, wow, you know, like, I'm really, I see what I'm giving into. Mm-hmm. I see it going back out to the community, Yeah, and I, you know, I think, outside of the building, outside of all the, the church's needs, mm-hmm. from an outreach standpoint, you get to see it go out, yeah. you know, and that's important. Yeah, and, and, it's, and that's very important to see it. Yeah, people, not, people, not hear about it or not talk about it, but gotta, actually see it happen. see it, and I think... When I hear people use the excuse of, well, you know, they're they're more resourceful. People brought their money together. Just like even in the Bible where 
Not so that I wasn't gonna get no scriptures, but when when the people when the people needed a need, like in the Acts, mm-hmm. everybody brought stuff, brought it to the temple, and then the apostles dispersed it. Yeah. And it's like people are like, well, the white church has got more resources. Not true. Not true. It's the people that's bringing their resources together to distribute it out to where it needs. A lot of times. It, remember that church? Um, I'm not going to name the church, but I think it's in Cincinnati. And I know they did like a bean, beans and rice they raised, thing. They raised like $100,000 in a matter of a month. Yeah. And so the, the members basically agreed to cut back on eating out and different things and for, so, a week. for a week and for you, one week yeah and use that money the extra the, money the extra grocery money and donate it to the church for this project and they raised i think if i remember it was like ninety thousand dollars it was something like that like, close to a hundred thousand in like 15 days or something yeah and i was just like that's power that's the people yeah. bringing the resources it ain't the church yeah it's the people in the church and that's the power of agreement and community too but a lot so, of times, a lot of people, they want to hold on to that money yeah. and then complain about the community. And it's like, look, uh, you, you okay, and my last saying, you know what frustrates me, and this is going to probably, and I don't say this to piss anybody off, but it probably is. The thing that ticks me off is when I, and this ain't to be disrespectful, I promise it's not, but when I hear people like, oh, I'm starting a church, I be like, for what? Mm. For what? What is, you starting another church? And there's a billion churches and the community ain't changed. Mm. What are we starting another church for? Yeah. For yeah. what? Yeah. It's the people that brings their resources together to make something happen. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. And especially here in this city. I mean, you know. Especially here in this city. It's a church on every corner. So, But you, you go know, to like places like in Atlanta where you see progressive black churches. Mm-hmm. You know, and the people are prospering. Yeah. But... Is. And it's about, okay, if you have it, you know, if you have your own ministry, partnering together without fear of members lacking another church better than the other and you losing people. You know, I think we just really need to come together, especially for this youth in this community, um, our elderly in this community. Um, we need to come together as a community. Mm-hmm. You know, not a religious community, not a professional community, but as one community and really come together to bring about change in this city. And that's in any city. Mm-hmm. So I think it's power and it's more power in that than being in a silo. And it's not even really just about the religious, because I mean, like I, I respect the the nation of Islam and the Muslims because you see a community with them. Yeah, it's just about the sense of the spirit of community. Just yeah. be a community. Yeah, even the LGBT community. You see how they come together? They get stuff done. They get stuff done. Mm-hmm. And you better not talk about them. Like, no, no, I'm just saying, like, as a community, and I'm, I'm not, that's no knock against them. I'm just saying, like, as a community, they come together. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of respect for that. Mm-hmm. I respect any community that can come together and to the point where you know, don't even disrespect them because mm-hmm. there's going to be consequences. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what you call coming together. Come together right now. But anywho, um, we are at an hour and 10 minutes. So, you got anything else? You got any final thoughts? I don't. I don't. But remember, this is a season of Thanksgiving. 
and a spirit of happiness and gratitude. Mm -hmm. I know it can be a very difficult time for people this time of the year with the loss of loved ones. But, you know, this is a time of giving and community. So just want to encourage people to get involved in that community, get involved and be kind and, you know, be grateful. And invite me over for your Thanksgiving because I'm bringing my paper, plates, and foil. Oh, Lord. For sure. I'm black. True black. <laughs> That's what I do. I ain't standing around. As soon as you say it's time to clean, guess what? Got to eat and run. You know what? No. I'm out. But anywho, this is the Dorsey Den Podcast. And remember, if you have anything that you want to share with us, that you want us to kind of like give our take on, we got the glass half full, glass half empty. You can send us your email to DorseyDenPodcast at gmail.com or shoot us a DM on Instagram or on Facebook. Everything is Dorsey Den Podcast. Holla at us. Holla. Deuces.